don't ask someone about a five-year plan. I once had a manager ask me that and I started crying. I was like, oh my God, I have no idea. <laughs> it's stressful. Yeah. 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 It's a lot of pressure. I don't think anyone ever follows a five-year plan. Thank you everyone for joining us today. Carly, I'm so excited to chat with you. We caught up the other week and during our conversation, I was like, man, other people need to hear what we're talking about. So for those who are not in the know, Carly and I know each other through the marketing world uh, back in the day, but she's made a really kind of awesome pivot to help marketers really, I think, be, I would say, be more like complete people and find more fulfillment in what they're doing in life. But you can you can explain what you do better than I can. <laughs> uh, yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for intro. Um, yeah, so I help uh, marketers really figure out what's next. And um, that can mean a lot of things, but I think the most important thing is like how to create a successful, f- fulfilling career and what does that look like for you? Awesome. So how, what, what spurred you getting involved in this? Cause you made, you made a bit of a career shift before you were working, running event programs. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I've done event marketing and events for, um, over a decade at this point. Um, I was, you know, moved to in-house uh, at a startup a few years ago and then ended up doing um, consulting. And and really, I moved from kind of that in-house event marketing role to the like consulting um, and helping with event strategies. So I saw that a lot of event marketers were really um, overwhelmed, underpaid, didn't really know how to talk about their value, didn't really know how to measure their programs and speak to um, you know, like the impact that they were having on the business. Um, and that was a lot of why I moved to that role was just like, I want to help these event marketers understand how to talk about their programs, how to create successful programs. Um, you know, once one of us grows, we all can grow. Um, and I think that kind of transpired into like, wow, I am really enjoying like helping people, mentoring people, walking them through these like career challenges you know, I got to hear a lot about um, kind of like what was happening internally on those teams, what was happening in their careers, kind of being like one step removed from your business that got a lot of hot goss. Um, and I think that that kind of probably realized like, you know, I had for the last several years, I've been like, I'm like, it feels like I could be doing something else. It feels like this isn't quite it. Um, and so really, I think like I just started thinking about, you know, what are the things that I'm good at? But what of those things, what do I really like doing the most? And I think that's where a lot of marketers get stuck. I mean, you know, event marketers, project managers, we can do so much. Like there's so it's such a broad skill set. And a lot of us have had to do a lot of like the operational pieces and stuff to kind of get to where we are. And so I think it was less about like, what are my skills and what can I apply those to? But like, what do I really actually like doing the most? Um, what are my values? What are my priorities? Like both personally and professionally. You know, I think if like you have a family and that's your number one priority and you're working 60 or 70 hours a week, that probably doesn't really align with what your main priority is. So um, yeah, I mean, I just started thinking about what do I really like doing? Um, what are my biggest values? what are my priorities and really just started putting those together of like what do I want my life to look like and how can my career fit into that 
I think that's so common. It, it, the event space, especially where you're traveling to trade shows and to do exec dinners and small events. And I know a lot of event people are on the road like 75, 80% of the time. Uh, and really everything does kind of take a back seat when you're traveling so much. So I could definitely see event marketing being the the function in marketing that gets <laughs> the most burnt out with that kind of lack of balance there. Yeah. Um, do you, where do you find it starts within an org? Is it often individuals saying like, Hey, I, this isn't quite working right. I need to figure out a better life balance. Do you see it more as a top down driven initiative to try and ensure that managers and directors are making sure that their teams are operating healthily? Yeah. I mean, I think unfortunately, I feel like I see it as a lot of, um, of bottom up like it's you know someone on on a team saying hey manager like this isn't feeling quite right um i wish that it was more of a top-down thing you know that i i feel like i've had some managers be like what do you really want to do what do you want to try like you know i think especially in like the startup space or even in larger companies but i I think especially in like smaller companies or startup space there's usually a lot of of room to try new things and learn new things Um, and so, you know, I think that we shouldn't be afraid to say like, this isn't quite it, but that doesn't mean I'm giving up on it. Cause it could also just be tweaks, you know, like I realized in house, I wasn't really enjoying myself with events and then moved, you know, to more of like a contracting consultant role. So I think a lot of it ends up bottom up, but I, I feel like managers could be doing a better job, um, and that they should be looking out for that and giving people the opportunity. It's a really awkward thing to tell your manager, I don't really like what I do. That doesn't give a lot of like security in your role. Um, so yeah, I think managers could be asking those yeah. questions. It's also scary, I think, for a lot of, especially newer employees or ones who just aren't quite sure where they want to go, being approached with that question of like annual performance review time, what's your five-year plan? And they're like, I'm going to tell you I'm not happy here. And that means that like, you're going to fire me now. It's it's scary. And if you don't know what you want to do and where you want to go, but you know, it's not quite the right fit. Like I, I can definitely see, and I've experienced with employees having a lot of trepidation in that conversation of, I don't think this is the right fit, but I want to stay here and I want to keep working here. And so please don't fire me, but give me that space to say like, I think I'm in the wrong role for my skill set. It's it's scary for a lot of employees. What what do you, what can they do? Do you have any recommendations for how they can start kind of exploring that if they're feeling that it's not quite that something's not quite working? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think like one of the first things that I did was I just started writing out, you know, throughout my work week I just had like a note stock and when I really liked doing something just a task, like wasn't trying to do big pictures, when I really liked doing something, I'd be like, "Ooh, loved that meeting or like I loved working on that project and I just kept that notes and then if I did something where I was like oh my god this was impossible for me to get through because I hated doing it so much and we all have those things where you're like oh my god I never want to touch this spreadsheet again or this project I never want to run this call whatever it may be public speaking I love public speaking some people are like I never want to be the person leading a call I never want to be the forefront So I just started writing those things out of like really simple, here are things I really like doing, here are things I don't like doing. And, you know, I think once I kind of put that list together, I started looking at bigger themes and just really started looking at like, okay, these things that I don't like doing, you know, for me, some of that was like a pretty big part of an event marketer's job. And I was like, well, this is really telling that like 
these like tasks or things I don't want to be doing anymore. Um, but these things like could line up to something else. And um, I think that that would be a really great place to start for anyone. That's where I start with a lot of my coaching clients. It's just let's start to write down like throughout your week, what things do you really enjoy and what are you not liking? And I think that's a great place to go. Oh, wow. All of the things that I don't like are most of this job. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I'm having like immediate flashbacks because uh, I had an employee where it's like, you know, what do you like? What do you like doing in your role? Let's lean into it. And she was like, I hate everything. <laughs> it's like, oh, my, no. Yeah. And you're like, that's not a great answer. Like, okay, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, listen, yeah. narrowed something down, but like, ugh, where do we where do we kind of go from there? Yeah. Yeah. Tip, well, and I think yeah. it can also be really telling to maybe it's not necessarily the role, but it maybe it's the role within that company or, yeah. you know, maybe it's that you are out of leadership role and you don't actually want to be doing that. Like the stuff that you're doing is like, you know, more of an IC or a coordinator or whatever the case may be. Um, so I think it can be really telling that maybe it's just like, I'm actually really liking a lot of these things, but the things I'm not liking are like the bureaucratic stuff or you know, dealing with this one manager or whatever the case may be. So I think it's just like really good information to have. Cause yeah, sometimes when you're like, it's really struggling, it's like, I hate everything about this. Yeah. And that's like, I have to show helpful. up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's always, I think it's always a sign. It's always a sign that it's time to look for a change when you just dread everything that you ever do related to it. Even if it's stuff that you, you kind of like doing and from the managerial standpoint, I think so often employees don't always see where their strengths are and where they can go. And so if you're an individual contributor and you don't have a manager who's like super actively involved, it must be, I can see where they would find it like life-changing to work with you, to be able to have someone to help them kind of find that path and really figure out and work through a lot of that. You know, it's hard when you're in the weeds, it's hard to see the way forward with it. Yeah. 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 Especially if absolutely. you are getting burnt out or like disliking your job and everything's kind of trash at that point. I feel like burnout is the number one conversation that I hear in a lot of conversations with other marketing leaders is our team fear of the team burning out or signs of the team burning out and just not quite sure how to actually help them uh, avoid that and kind of mitigate some of the damage that can happen because burnout causes like real brain changes and like real tangible damage to people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think like I'm seeing that a lot right now. Um, I'm just a feeling of like overwhelm as well, um, which I feel like kind of goes hand in hand with burnout. Um, and I think, you know, with a lot of companies like scaling back recently on budget, doing layoffs, there's that feeling of like insecurity and uncertainty. And I feel like right now I'm seeing a lot of people having a harder time saying no to things when they come across their plate because they're like, well, I don't want to be the next one on the chopping block. Yeah. Like, you know, there's, you know, I, I will say companies are still hiring. You will always figure it out. You have always figured it out. Like, I'll just put that out there. It's all going to be okay. Um, but I do think there's that like um, that insecurity is creating a lot of people to to be in that spot, space of overwhelm. And I think, you know, a lot of marketing managers are still pushing really hard on those OKRs because they're having pressure from above. And, um, you know, I, I saw recently um, Jason from Metadata just went up, posted their OKRs for their marketing team. And that the first one was like boosting team morale. And I think that that should be every team's 
number one priority for going into Q1 next year should be figuring out a way to boost morale, balance out workload. Um, I think burnout is just, it's really hard to navigate. And I feel like we are not taking enough time off to really decompress. Um, the last couple of years, I don't know if anyone realized we were in a pandemic it was unprecedented. I don't feel like anyone's giving that enough due credit, you know, or not enough people are. Um, yeah, I, I think just right now in general, that feeling of like, what am I doing? What am I doing in this company? Like, how do I say no to things right now? There's just that that insecurity that I think is really like palpable. And a lot of people, because there's so many layoffs, I've heard people also start to say, I'm not happy, but at least I didn't get laid off. And those who, uh, so I recently made a career change. And when I was going through that, people were like, how can you even think about that during a time like, during times like these? It's like, well, it's been unprecedented times for for a couple years now. So let's kind of, we kind of run with it but it's it's true i think a lot of companies you know it's very cliche the idea that marketing budgets get cut without goals getting cut but that is what happens for a lot of marketers and now they have less budget they have less staff in addition to losing their thought partners and losing their teams and other people they would be relying on you have less staff to get work done you have less budget to get stuff done but your goals are still the same oh and like yeah you may want to take vacation but there's another way of covid coming so your two-week pto might actually be just you in your living room versus being able to actually escape and, and really get away from work with that so it's definitely all all adds up um so for those who for managers what are some tools or resources they can use to try and ensure that they're they're helping their teams really think about this well? Yeah, I mean, I think like doing uh, regular like check-ins and even like anonymous check-ins with your team, like in the form of surveys or whatever, to like really collect that information, I think is is a good way of doing that. I think also putting an emphasis on what are you doing outside of work. Um, you know, if you see someone on on super late, like as a manager shoot them in DM and be like, hey, dude, it's 8 p.m. What are you doing? You know, like, can you sign up? How can I help you sign off? Um, I think, you know, I've had managers that do that. Like, how can I help? And and I think, like, when you're so far removed from a project, I'm always like, there's nothing I can do. Like, you can't help at this point. So I think, like, first and foremost, stay involved. Like, be involved in these projects, be involved in these processes so that if someone is like, wow, I really need to hand something off, um, that there's someone there to catch it. And that if you are like, yeah, I can catch it. I'm, I am in the know enough to pass this off to someone else or for me to like see this through. Um, I don't think that managers get to just like sit back right now and, and let their team do all the work. Um, I think that this is a, is a point where you have to be like, oh yeah, you need help setting up milestones and you don't have the capacity to do it cool i'll do that you need me to coordinate with the design team you need me to update the website like i i think that just like making sure you're in the know on these projects and like actually aware of the day-to-day attending these calls so that if someone is in that burnout phase oftentimes you continue to push yourself into burnout because you're just trying to like i can't screw over my team there's no one else that can do this you know i've i've felt that a lot where i'm like there's no one else i can hand this off to i'm on an island i have to just keep pushing um and so i think that managers should kind of keep that in mind and be aware of like 
hey, I know you have X, Y, Z on your list. Can I take one of those off your plate rather than how can I help? Those are such very different questions. Um, so I think that's like one of the first things. And I also think that um, having check-ins on on career growth and what someone wants is really helpful. Don't ask someone about a five-year plan. I once had a yeah. manager ask me that and I started crying. I was like, oh my God, it's I have stressful. no idea. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's yeah. a lot of pressure. Yeah, it's yeah. It's so and much pressure. Yeah. Also, and I, think- I should say, I don't think anyone ever follows a five-year plan. No. 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 When it's also just like, you know, I think I would push back with like, well, what's the company's five-year plan? Do you have a, yeah. does the company have a five-year plan? Where do you think I fit into that? How are you growing the marketing team? How are you growing the event marketing team? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think just like being really aware of what is on people's plates and being really specific about what you can take off of it is really important. Um, and maybe even doing that exercise of like, write down things you like doing and things you don't like doing. And we don't have to like, you know, you don't have to share all of it with me, but if there's something that you're like, this is something that like really drags me down. Is there a way that we can, you know, split this up? Is there someone else that actually really likes doing this? Because I think it's not just about what your skills are, but it's like, what are your favorite skills to use? Yeah. I mean, that's what I think keeps, helps keep people going to and energizes them. Uh, but you mentioned something interesting about like, I can't let the team down. I'm the only person I know someone else to hand this off to. I feel like that's the trap that a lot of people get into when they realize that their role isn't the right fit for them and it's not the right job, but there's no one else internally to hand it over to. So I feel like Mm -hmm. that keeps people often stuck in jobs that aren't a fit too with it, which is really unfortunate because it's ultimately the manager or the exec writing that program that has it under resource kind of created a scenario where that employee can't move or can't have that, can't succeed with other resources that they need. Yeah. So I saw the other day on LinkedIn that you're doing a survey. Yeah. So as I've been, you know, kind of figuring out how I can help support marketers uh, in their career journey, I was like, you know what, it'd be really great to hear from marketers and understand like what their career challenges actually are. So I, uh, I took a survey, I put it on LinkedIn and I'm still collecting some responses, but I found it really interesting so far. It seems like among all levels of marketers, all roles, whether it's content, product, events, demand gen, it feels like the the number one thing that I'm seeing is that people feel overwhelmed or burnt out. Um, I'm also seeing quite a few people saying that they don't feel like they're getting what they need or deserve from leadership, um, which is is a really big one. I think especially during these times where there's budget cuts, where there's, um, you know, these issues of burnout. I feel like those things often kind of go hand in hand. Is like I'm super burnt out and leadership doesn't seem to be noticing or helping or caring. Um, imposter syndrome was also a big one. Uh, knowing what you want out of your career was another yeah. one. But um, yeah, I found it really interesting that a lot of people were feeling like they aren't getting what they need from their leadership team. Um, and I think that that often is just, they're not being asked, what do you need? You know, what do I need? What do you yeah. deserve? Yeah. And I think it partially goes back to, to leadership anticipating and, and figuring out how they can help instead of putting that additional pressure 
on their employees who are feeling like under resourced and not heard of having to figure out for themselves what they need. You know, they, they may not ultimately know what they need, but they know they need to be able to take a weekend off. <laughs> they need to be able to work a normal schedule um, with it. But uh, I feel like that's always one of the, the number one like culture amp or pulse survey questions is, you know, do you feel like leadership? So do you feel like you have visibility into leadership? Do you feel like their decisions make sense? Do you feel like they support you with it? And it'd be interesting to see how much has changed. I assume it went down during the pandemic. And then with all the layoffs we're seeing, which are, you know, growing beyond just tech layoffs, but really business layoffs in general. Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, I know, I understand it's it's a really difficult time to be a manager or to be in leadership as well. You know, people, a lot of companies have had to make really tough decisions, whether it be layoffs, whether it be budget cuts. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of companies are really struggling and, and leadership and managers are really struggling with that. Um, and it can be hard to figure out kind of how to prioritize that. But I think, you know, a very common trend is layoffs happen and it's not sitting well with a lot of people. I think you learn a lot about a company and how they do in these stressful times. And I think having a leadership team that really supports you, that you feel like you can be, you know, honest with, that you feel like they're being honest with you. There has to be some level of like transparency there, I think. Because um, this is like some of that's really traumatic. You know, I've been at a company that had major layoffs and it, you know, I feel like I've created bonds with those other employees because it was just such a traumatic event. We were trauma bonding essentially. And I think that, you know, I think that a lot of like a lot of managers are having a hard time right now and, and, and figuring out what to prioritize. And I feel like your team and your team's morale and your team, your individual team members' career growth and understanding, giving them an understanding of can this career growth happen within this company? And if they're questioning that, you need to yeah. make sure they have an answer to that. 100%. How you exit an employee if it's a layoff, if it's a performance termination, whatever method is, how you exit an employee is almost more important, I think, than how you onboard them often. Because that's like their last memory and all of their coworkers see it. Everyone sees it. And often, right, they talk to them. They're, friend, they're friendly. Of course, your friends and your coworkers. Um, <laughs> they see how it is. And if you, if you survived, if you're one of the 25% of your department that survived, like there's a lot of guilt that goes with that too. And I think a lot of, am I next? when is it coming? It's ultimately going to come. And how do I move forward? And how do I, how do I move forward in a way where I can still also enjoy what I'm doing without just constantly feeling like, oh my God, like I really wish, you know, Susie was still here because I can't believe they let her go on that side. Layoffs are hard. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I think like that, how they handle it also includes how it's communicated out as well. You know, I've worked at companies where um, people being let go or people leaving were like very public. We knew as soon as someone was leaving, yeah. like, you know, it was it was knowledge that was shared among the company. And then I've been at companies where all of a sudden you're going to slap someone and you're like, hey, where did this person? Yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah, they got fired a week ago. And I'm like, yeah. Like, why? Why is my manager deactivated? Yeah. Yeah. I recently heard through the grapevine that a role that I previously left, my former uh, boss, they were telling others that I was fired because I was consulting a competitor. 
even though I, I resigned and I gave notice. And as many companies, when you give notice, they will exit you immediately instead of they'll, you know, pay you out for your period, but exit you immediately, which was the case, which is not, wasn't a red flag or anything. But yeah, I had heard recently uh, through the grapevine that they had positioned internally that I was terminated. And I was wow. like, what? Because the company doesn't do anything for sharing. You know, I think often sharing uh, an employee separation is up to the managers of the department or the function versus the company taking a stance on it. And so because it wasn't shared, some people knew that I had I had quit. Others had heard I was terminated. And so internally, there's this discourse of like, what really happened? And then it creates this kind of rumor mill unnecessarily when there's nothing exciting around it. It's just a change <laughs> on that side. But I was very like, I was like, oh, that's defamation per se. Uh-huh. Uh, so that's interesting. It's always, it's interesting the stances they, people take when they, I think as companies grow, they hit a point where they stop announcing every departure or there's a lot of turnover until so they stopped announcing it, but it could definitely create more confusion um, for those employees who are remaining on that side. And also just like, what really happened? Why is it happening? You know, anything that seeds say from my standpoint, I think psychological safety is the most important thing that a manager or team lead can really create for their group is feeling like you can share your ideas openly and that you don't have to be afraid that you're going to get fired. I know it's like the millennial stereotype of like my boss put time on my calendar and I'm going to get fired now. But that safety just goes away when there's no communication around terminations or departures, you know, regardless of how it happened. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think, again, that just like transparency, especially right now, is like, it's really important. So if people are are listening and they're interested in working with you, tell us a little more about how you work with different teams and individuals and how they can learn more about your services. Yeah. So I do uh, one-on-one coaching with clients. I have some uh, workshops. I have a workshop that's um, probably kicking off after uh, this Airs, but I will have another one after that. Um, and I also handle, uh, I also do offer team coaching as well. So um, for a lot of teams that are looking to boost morale, you can hold a workshop for your team, do one-on-one coaching uh, with your individual teammates. I think that um, actually in that survey, that was one of the um, overwhelming responses I got is that people would be really interested in coaching um, and having their company offer coaching as well. Um, so I think that that can be something that's really beneficial in that boosting morale, helping with burnout, letting people understand like what their skills are, what they are struggling with. Um, so those are things that I offer. You can find me at guidedcoaching.co. I am Carly the Coach on Instagram, K-A-R-L-I. Um, you can also connect with me on LinkedIn as well, Carly Williams. Awesome. And we'll put all the links in the show description below. So thank you for joining us today. It was so great to chat and encourage all of our listeners to go and check out Carly's links. And if she can help your organization be better, hit her up.